Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I bring you two readings this morning before I begin my sermon. The first is meditative, so I invite you to get comfortable. Put your feet flat on the floor. Find yourself a nice, comfortable position to listen to this reading by the Reverend Carolyn Owen Toll, entitled Fragile and Rooted. See a blossom in your mind's eye. Allow it to fill the interior of your imagination. Greater perfection of form in nature cannot be imagined. With inward gaze, absorb each wondrous fluted petal. Slide down its humid surface until you drop as the dew into its velvety core. Immerse your senses in this safe chamber. Such fragile beauty gives impulse to weep. Slowly reverse the journey as you ascend the shaft toward wider light. Turn your imagination around and around to see its many facets. Stored within is the memory of all flowers. Marvel that this creation, while utterly fragile, yet undaunted, boldly buds forth, turning resolutely toward the sun. We, too, shimmer with expectation exuding our own illumination, color, pulse, and scent. Vulnerable, still we venture our lives courageously toward hope and light, at once fragile and rooted. and a reading from Gary Snyder, the prize-winning poet, for the children. The rising hills, the slopes of statistics lie before us, the steep climb of everything going up, up as we all go down. In the next century, or the one beyond that, they say are valleys, pastures, and we can meet there in peace if we make it. To climb these coming crests, one word to you, to you and to your children. Stay together, learn the flowers, go light. Thank you, Kate. I've been watching episodes of Mad Men lately by way of Netflix DVDs. 
supposedly depicting New York City's Madison Avenue workplace culture from the late 50s and early 60s, the series shows a culture of mostly upper middle class suburbia from that era as well. It is from a time that I lived, I was a kid then, but it represents a lifestyle quite foreign to the way I was raised. It's got me hooked though, I find it fascinating. Early in one episode that I just happened to see this past week, two of the jaded ad executives who work together happened to arrive at the same time at their Manhattan office building to begin their workday. And they get on the elevator together. On their way up, the one suit says to the other suit, quite casually, I watched the sunrise today, couldn't sleep. How was it, the other guy asks. Average, says the first, dismissively. I found myself thinking about that exchange well after the plot had moved quite a bit further onward. I was thinking about just what makes a sunrise average. Oh, just average, she seemed to say, dismissing it, bored, as if it was no big deal. Me, on the other hand, I want to say, oh, contraire, seeing the sun come up is a big deal to me. My energy is best in the early morning, and the dawn of a new day is usually filled with hope and promise. It's a clean slate. It's a new start. I think about gratitude for another day of life, another chance to get it right, another opportunity to make more justice and more joy. I love waking up to say good morning to my partner and to be greeted by the exuberant joy of my little canine companion who zips around our apartment so joyfully greeting a new day. I totally love the cup of steaming black coffee that starts my day every day. It's a sacrament if ever there was one. I think it's a pretty amazing thing to be alive and to see the sun come up for a new day. Oh, frabjous day, kalu kalay, I chortle in my joy. You might recognize that as a line from Lewis Carroll's spectacular nonsense poem, Jabberwocky. I suppose that line right there, oh, frabjous day, might be one way to express a gratitude prayer for the gift of life, for the sun coming up yet again. Entertainer Maurice Chevalier supposedly and famously said, old age isn't so bad when you consider the alternative. Of course, he was talking about making the most of the precious gift of being alive when being dead lasts so darn long. Let us seize the day, people. Tempest fugit. The late great writer Kurt Vonnegut, who claimed both a Unitarian Universalist and a humanist identity, as so many of us do, wrote, God made mud. God got lonesome. So God said to some of the mud, sit up. See all I've made, says God. The hills, the sea, the sky, the stars. And I, I was some of the mud that got to sit up and look around. Lucky me, lucky mud. I, mud, sat up and saw what a nice God, nice job God had done. Nice going, God. Nobody but you could have done it, God. I certainly couldn't have. 
I feel very unimportant compared to you. The only way I can feel the least bit important is to think of all the mud that didn't even get to sit up and look around. I got so much, and most mud got so little. Thank you, thank you for the honor. So wrote Vonnegut. Lucky me, lucky mud, lucky us, us here together, that we get to be alive here together for a little while to help each other figure out, okay, now that we're here, what's up? What shall we do together today? How shall we live our lives? This is part of the point of church, to honor each other for being lucky mud, to cultivate a sense of gratitude and humility about our mudness. Hey, we live and breathe. That's pretty spectacular, don't you know? And to figure out the best use of our lives, how to best be alive together. None of us alone can save the world, writes theologian Rebecca Parker. But together, she says, together, that is another possibility waiting. All of life on earth now needs our help. The earth is in a crisis that some of us do not want to acknowledge and that some are actively denying. Even those of us who do get it still haven't fully grasped what it will take to deal with this crisis. Most of us live pretty comfortable, privileged lives, and we may think that we don't want to and don't have to give up our privileges. But deny all we want. The scientists who study climate and biology are telling us it is true. It is most definitely a crisis. It is time to wake up and focus together on what we might do individually and what all of us might do together to help save life on Earth for the sake of future generations, that they too might treasure their lives and experience just as we do. That they might experience Earth's beauty just as we drink from wells that we did not dig, so too are we responsible for leaving the wells drinkable for those who come after us. We can choose the legacy we will leave. Now, this sermon could very easily degenerate at this point into deep despair. Bill Kibben, in his latest book just published this month, I think just days ago, says we are past the tipping point. He says, even if we could somehow stop the emissions that have created global warming, great catastrophic climate change, the impact that we've already caused will continue that devastation for centuries. But I promise you, I am not going to give in to despair. Truth, yes. Truth we must face. But I am not ready to give up, and I certainly hope that you aren't either. Even McKibben commends a hopeful stance in this new book, encouraging empowerment as we face the truth. In the spirit of the great universalist preacher, John Murray, let us help each other to give up the indulgence of despair and lift up a spiritual practice of thoughtful hopefulness. For there is hope. As long as we live, there is hope. 
John Murray preached it way back in 1770, that you may possess only a small light, but uncover it, let it shine. Give them not hell, but hope and courage. Do not push them deeper into their theological despair, but preach the kindness and the everlasting love of God. There's that G word again I spoke of the last time I was in this pulpit. But you see, God's hands are our hands. We can choose to wisely support or to harm creation. That's what the Bible writers meant, I'm convinced, when it was metaphorically written in the Hebrew Bible that we were created in God's image and that humanity's responsibility for creation is stewardship. If there is to be heaven on earth, that will be up to earth's people, including you and me, my dears. We can choose to take the steps necessary to save paradise. Forty years ago, we celebrated the first Earth Day. Senator Gaylord Nelson of Wisconsin launched a movement around the question of the survival of life on Earth, a movement that began in 1970 with 20 million participants in cities and towns, in schools and on campuses all across the United States, beginning in Philadelphia. By 1990, the 20th anniversary, the annual Earth Day celebrations had spread to 200 million people in 141 countries and the United Nations. Oh my. This year marks the 40th anniversary of the first Earth Day celebrations. And to honor that milestone, the Unitarian Universalist Association and its Ministry for Earth are launching 404040. This is a nationwide campaign based on 40 days of commitment on the part of at least 40 people in each participating congregation. So what do you say? Do I have 39 of you who will go in on this with me? <laughs> in recognition of 40 years of Earth Day. So 40 days, 40 people, 40 years. Hence the 40-40-40 campaign. Beginning today, April 18th, and going through May 27th, for 40 days that is, Unitarian Universalists across the continent are making 40-day commitments to large and small actions and lifestyle changes to celebrate and deepen their respect for the earth. Some are adopting changes as a 40-day trial run of what might become a longer-lasting commitment. I invite you to join me for 40 days of the commitment of your choice. It can be tiny. It can be big. It can be anything, really, as long as you can somehow, in your mind and heart, connect it to our beautiful Earth. Now, the children will come back into the sanctuary during our offertory to lead you in a prayer and a promise during our Earth Day message for all ages that will follow the offering. The prayer will be very brief and silent, led by the children, religious edu educator Eric Dupree, and me, after I explain it with a demonstration. The promise will be yours to make in response to my invitation to consider making a new commitment. You might choose to go vegetarian more often in your meal choices. You might choose to read a book about the climate crisis. You might choose to walk more and drive less. You might choose to shop in such a way as to eliminate or reduce wasteful packaging. You might choose to watch the film documentary, No Impact Man, a great film pretty new one, showing one young couple's effort in New York City 
to minimize, even eliminate, all negative impact of their lives on earth and choosing to adopt some of the practices that you might choose to adopt some of the practices that they tried. Maybe you might invite a few others from Arlington Street Church to watch the film with you and consider supporting each other in an ongoing similar effort. You might choose a spiritual practice of intentionally giving up despair. You might choose to begin a new gratitude practice, saying a short, simple prayer of gratitude for your food sources and for those who provide our food before you eat. You might choose to grow more vegetables this growing season. You might choose to turn off your TV more often. You might choose to join in some of the community Earth Day events. There are lots of things going on in the Boston area, and there's a big march on Washington, Alexandria, big march on Washington next Sunday on the mall. There's a list of tips to help the earth posted now, as I mentioned earlier, to Arlington Street Church's website, and a printed copy of that will be available at the welcome table downstairs or at the ethical eating table in our parish hall. So look for Heleni, and you will see a long list of great tips, if none of the ones that I mentioned so far grab you. But whatever you choose, the point is to help in large ways or small to save the earth. What we do matters. Our helping each other matters. Everything counts, even the smallest thing. The children, when they come back, will distribute small pieces of paper during the offertory. You are invited to write on that paper either a commitment towards some new earth-friendly practice in your life that you are willing to try living for the next 40 days, or if you can't think of anything, that feels right for you in this moment, and you want to think about that a little bit more before you commit, that's just fine. And in that case, you're invited to write on that paper some place on earth that you most treasure for its beauty, a place or a natural wonder that you hold in your heart and would hate to see spoiled. One example for me is on the cover of your order of service today this beautiful mountain range in Colorado with this gorgeous profusion of wildflowers. Oh my goodness, so beautiful. Then we will collect those papers as you leave the sanctuary today and we will post them here in the church for all to see. Please join me in the 40-40-40 campaign. My own promises are to choose vegetarian more often to walk or ride the tea more instead of driving quite so much, to continue to educate myself about the climate crisis, and to adopt a regular prayer practice before eating. Let us begin again on this precious new day. Oh my goodness, people, we live, we breathe, we are here together, what a miracle that is. Let us encourage our highest and best selves let us find a deeper, wiser, more lasting peace on earth together. The great Persian poet and mystic Hafiz, who lived in the 14th century, admonished us all with these words. Now is the time to know that all you do is sacred. Now is the time to understand that all of your ideas of right and wrong were just a child's training wheels to be laid aside when you finally live with veracity and love. Now is the time for the world to know that every thought and action is sacred. This is the time for you to compute the impossibility that there is anything but grace. 
Now is the season to know that everything you do is sacred. Those are the words of Hafiz. I say yes, yes, yes. Let us choose wisely. May we be reminded here of our highest aspirations and inspired to bring our gifts of love and service to the healing of the earth. May we know once again that we are not isolated beings, but connected in mystery and miracle to the spirit of life, to the universe, to this community, and to the earth. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let us hold a silence together for a short while. 